Week three of the NFL is in the books. How'd your team on FanDuel.com do? Hopefully you played in my FanDuel league and won some money. Uh, this week, as I promised, I went with a quarterback that I knew would do well, went Tom Brady. I'm not messing around any longer. Uh, if you didn't already know, FanDuel now is paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Here's what I want you to do. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right hand corner use my code craig and sign up now take it one step further and join the airing it out listener league check it out fanduel.com forward slash craig entry fees just five bucks and don't forget there's also a special offer for new users for every dollar you deposit fanduel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play that's a bonus of up to 200 dollars offers only good for the first 50 people that use my code craig today don't forget to use my code craig so make sure you get your friends and family to join in on the action. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Looking for the fade in the end zone. Amari Cooper goes up and breaks it down. Touchdown, Alabama. There's Marshawn Lynch off the left side, wrapped up by Charles Woodson. Woodson, he's still fighting, and they're going to blow this play ever dead. They gave him a touchdown. Out of the shotgun, Winston trips right. He's going to launch one deep downfield, has a man wide open. Here comes the pressure. Rivers, flush, moves right to Antonio Gates for the, the touchdown. touchdown. The weekend that was, the weekend that was. with Craig James. I'll start with some NFL thoughts that really struck me over the weekend. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, I've been talking about Andrew Luck and the need for him to pick it up and for the team to win. They they pulled it out, and, and Andrew Luck persevered, uh, but it wasn't pretty. And he's going against Marcus Mariota. Mariota, to me, was the story of that game. I'm sitting there watching. I'm thinking, oh, the Colts are going to win. They're supposed to win. But Mariota, such a controversial pick uh, of whether they should have, you know, was it Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota? Uh, who's going to do better in their careers? But let me tell you, to start out, Mariota is the guy. He threw for 367 yards and four touchdowns this weekend. Uh, now he has eight touchdown passes in his first three games. Only one other rookie quarterback's ever done that to start a season. That was Mark Rippian back in 1988. So Marcus Mariota is off to a heck of a start. You know, when, when it comes to the buying the stock category, uh, I'm buying the Tennessee Titans. I'm not buying the Colts right now. Also, kudos to Andy Dalton. The quarterback out of TCU, been with the Cincinnati Bengals a long time, had a heck of a day, 20 of 32, 383 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but the key for me was watching Dalton and what he did after he fumbled and the, and the Ravens picked it up and they went in for the touchdown. They scored, took the lead, and it was like, oh, man, here goes a game that, that Dalton's going to lose. He gets a lot of the blame for what takes place when they lose in Cincinnati, and that goes with the quarterback position. But Dalton didn't give in. He didn't flinch at all. He went 80 yards in six plays to regain the lead and the victory. The Cincinnati Bengals are a good team. How about the Baltimore Ravens now dropping off to 0-3? Simply amazing. All right, I just listened to the Ben Roethlisberger uh, press conference. Uh, Roethlisberger went down with a knee injury in his ballgame this weekend, uh, and and there is no timetable, and, and this is really going to call on patience from Roethlisberger and the Steelers. You know, I don't know. Um, you know, trying to talk to doctors and, and trying to drink my milk and get, get back as fast as I can, but, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's going to take it a week week by week. Um, I know I'm out this week and um, we'll reevaluate next week and, and just kind of go from there. So um, there's no way to put a timetable on it, I don't think. No, and it won't be next week. And listening to the whole uh, press conference, it's a bruised bone that, that he felt the pop. 
Uh, that's what they concluded, that the doctors did. And, and I've had the MCL. I've had the MCL surgery. Uh, and that's that, that issue that's the bone bruise is pain. The MCL issue is about stability and being able to keep that leg from collapsing to the inside when you make that move. Uh, this is going to take several weeks. And, and Ben Roethlisberger, he's been down this road before and he's, he's had to battle through a leg injury. So he'll understand what it takes. Uh, but this won't be next week. And then Instead, now it comes down to Michael Vick. I just, I think, I think Coach Tomlin and, and what they do in Pittsburgh, it's not about this one man down uh, scenario. It's really about the next guy up. And I think Michael Vick will come in, won't be Ben Roethlisberger, but he's a heck of a player. All right, speaking of heck of a player, Peyton Manning. Ah, wow. I, I keep thinking, what, when's he, is, hang in there, man. I feel like I'm pulling from my grandfather now. 31 of 42, 324 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he's the five-time MVP, and he now has joined Brett Favre as the only quarterbacks with 6,000-plus career completions. I read a story on Peyton Manning that uh, apparently he gave this writer a a really behind-the-scenes look and feel, could follow him along, and very descriptive uh, article about Peyton after the game and having someone help him untie his shoelaces. They had to help him take his shoulder pads off, and then he groaned and menaced as his pads went above his head, man, I, I, you know, I applaud Peyton for his, his performance and all that he's done for football and for being a great spokesperson for the NFL, a phenomenal example and role model. But I know this. He's 39. I'm 54. Uh, I, I know when he's 54 years old, he's going to feel a lot worse than I do. I know he's got a whole lot more money than I got, so he'll be able to buy all the aspirin that he needs. All right, moving on. Last game here. Kansas City at Green Bay watching that ball game. Aaron Rodgers, ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, I was amazed watching him again. I mean, he's so in charge and he's so accurate. I mean, the question that's really everybody's talking about now, who's better? Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Who would you take, Rodgers or Brady? Uh, for me, when I try to break that down, I mean, you're, 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 it, there is no better dis- choice. Uh, you're, you can't be wrong with your decision. Uh, I look at Tom Brady, the mental toughness, toughness that he has displayed dealing with Deflategate and coming out and, like Rodgers, lighting it up. Man, we are really uh, fortunate as fans right now to have a chance to watch Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and what they do. Wow, it'll be a long time coming before you see two quarterbacks as savvy and as accurate and as winning as they are. That's a, it's a lot of fun. All right. Now for fantasy football this weekend. Now coming up this weekend, I'm going to have some more picks for you. I did have Tom Brady last week and uh, that wasn't a bad pick. I kind of like that. Turn our attention now to a little college football. I'm going to give you my top teams. And, and again, at this point in the season, uh, I know we need to have a one, two, three, four, five, et cetera. But there's a, there's a pool of teams that I kind of watch that are in that top five, six, seven category. And, and, and sometimes it's noticeable who number one is. Uh, I don't think that's the case right now. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say Ohio State uh, is the first team that I talk about. Cardell Jones and, and Barrett. And the reason I think they're up there in this class uh, of the top five teams is because they do have dual threats at quarterback. Look at all the injuries that are hurting so many teams around the country. Then you throw in the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is in the backfield. Uh, they did 
miss on some deep throws last weekend, but here, here's the beauty of that. Here's the upside. Here's the silver lining to that. As Urban Meyer said, we have receivers who did get beyond the safeties and the corners. Now we've just got to connect with it. I have no doubt about it. The Cardell Jones or JT Barrett, they'll eventually get there. Another team there, Michigan State. And, I, and I'm going Michigan State up here. Connor Cook is 27-3 and as a starter. That's the best among any of the quarterbacks in the big big leagues. I mean, this guy is a winner, and that's contagious across the board for the football team. Yet we don't really hear a lot about individual players at Michigan State. That's that's just not D'Antonio's way. They they play team football. Number three, Ole Miss. I know they had a shaky game last week against Vanderbilt. I sit there and watch the ball game. But when I watch a game, I'm sitting there, and I know – and this is a challenge. The great teams in these great conferences like the SEC, they're going to have challenges throughout the year. And somewhere along the way, in one, two, or three games, you're gonna, you can't be up every week. So I'm sitting there and I watch to see speed and talent. And I see it at Ole Miss. Of course, this weekend, they better have it together. They're taking on Florida. This will I think the season for Ole Miss. I got LSU up there. And, and again, this is one of those teams that just has surprised me. I did not have them in my top 10 entering the season. And now I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Leonard Fournette and his running ability. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say yet that he's one of those, oh, here, one of the more unique players I've ever seen in college football. He has to stay healthy because there have been a lot of great runners who didn't stay healthy and, and therefore didn't enter that elite class. If Leonard Fournette stays healthy and continues on the pace where he is right now, uh, he will be in the top top names of all-time SEC and uh, football players ever in college football. And so that because of him, I've got LSU there, and it's contagious. I mean, he, he's the Marshawn Lynch for LSU. It just gets him going. All right, Georgia. Uh, and I've got Georgia there because I watched their team, and it looks like a good ball club. Uh, of course, they're playing Alabama this week. We're going to find out whether or not Georgia deserves to be in this category. Uh, and, and particularly, I've got them there somewhat like Leonard Fournette, but not quite there yet is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's going to come in with a lot of yards. Fournette might do a 225-yard day, and, for, and Nick Chubb come in at 150, both elevating their teams but in a little bit different way. And uh, the power of Fournette is contagious across the board. And the big plays from Nick Chubb, we'll find out if he can handle it against Alabama this week. Talk about a couple of other teams that are not in there yet uh, that are that have dropped out. Uh, TCU and the reasons their defense. Uh, boy, you're talking about lucky. Uh, it, it, that, that Their victory over Texas Tech last weekend, that's luckier than a Hail Mary pass. I mean, you're talking about a deflected ball tipped and then, a, and then the top part of a shoe scraping barely along in the, in, it's these inbounds for the touchdown at the back of the end zone. Wow. And defense, TCU, I, I read Gary Patterson and listened to him in his press conference. He said, you know what? First time I've ever been happy to just outscore someone. And that's what TCU is going to have to do is to outscore. And the same thing for Baylor. Baylor and TCU are so similar. Uh, their defenses are, going, are not going to stop anyone. And so when I talk about the top teams in the country, offenses win games, defenses win championships. And to be a top four team, I just can't see TCU and Baylor being in that conversation right now. Their defense is not there. And don't get mad at me if you're a, a Horn Frog or a Baylor Bear. I mean, look at the numbers. They are what they are. Look at history and teams who have been there 
They have defenses that can play. The numbers don't lie. All right, I got to get some props out to Cal. How about the the victory that they had, man, over Washington? Jared Goff, uh, it's the first 4-0 start for Cal since 2007. Going back to the summer when we had Sonny Dykes on the on the podcast, uh, I, I was a fan of Cal. I, I, they were close last year in a number of games. We've had them kind of as a dark horse. Uh, so they are off and running and doing what they have to do. Uh, last week, props to Cody Kessler. We had him on as a guest. And USC went out and thumped Arizona State. Arizona State, with all that pressure that they they like to bring, well, they brought pressure, and they felt pressure. Cody Kessler managed and then just knocked them out. What a great win for USC. Speaking of wins, how about Michigan? They're 3-1. and one. They thumped BYU 31 to nothing. I thought Michigan would win, but I figured BYU would be in the game with this. Uh, Michigan 3-1 and one after their only loss, the season opening loss to Utah. We know that Utah is a very good football team. Man, I'm telling you, Jim Harbaugh has it going on at Michigan. I like what I'm seeing there. Not surprised at all. All right, another prop to Kentucky. Mark Stoops, we had Mark on uh, just before the season kicked off, and he was talking about uh, how excited he was about this season. A big win over Missouri. This is a big win. Stoops said, you know, this was one of those games we needed this for our program. And I said back in the summer, Kentucky has made investments in Mark Stoops, the assistant coaches at Missouri or at Kentucky, and the facilities for Kentucky. Now they're starting to see the benefits of making those dollars and investments in Mark Stoops and his staff. Congratulations, Coach Stoops. All right, what happened? Here's the what happened category. Whoo, Georgia Tech. I mean, Duke beats them. Duke's a good football team. But Georgia Tech's offense, only 173 yards rushing. That's the fewest since 2013. I mean, this is a team that we thought was really capable of winning the conference and challenging and being up there in the top 10 category. I mean, these are smart guys at Georgia Tech. What have they been doing? Reading the papers, the headlines? Got the big head? I had a high school coach, one of our assistant coaches in high school, Coach Stafford, used to say, boys, don't get the big head. Down in Houston, Texas, he'd say, boy, you guys are getting good, but don't get the big head. I'm wondering if Georgia Tech didn't get the big head. All right, Oregon, huh, 62-20, what? Utah just thumped them. Here's what I saw in that. There, this was not a helmet game. There was no intimidation factor because of the jerseys and the uniforms and the slickness of Oregon. The Ducks didn't matter. Why? Because Kyle Whittingham and his influence on his football team is all business. Travis Wilson, four touchdowns, no interceptions. This is a good team. Whittingham, he said that he's been vanilla up to this point. Uh, even in their big win against Michigan, Utah was vanilla. Wow. I can't wait to see when he puts a little, little caramel sauce, a little chocolate sauce, a little syrup on top of that vanilla. Man, Utah is a football team and what's going on in Oregon? I'm buying stock in Utah, obviously, Georgia, LSU. And how about Texas A&M, the Aggies? I mean, this was an amazing victory against a very desperate Arkansas Hogs football team. Wide receiver, receiver Christian Kirk had eight catches, 173 yards, two touchdowns. This is a freshman. Kevin Sumlin, man, this is a heck of a coach, and he likes how his Aggies responded last weekend. They played a game in, in which we had to be efficient with our drives, and we weren't. We scored points, but we did not score touchdowns. And in a game like that where possessions become at a premium, points become a premium. And, and, and in particular, you know, the, the fact that we didn't finish off drives with touchdowns instead of field goals came back to haunt us at the end. 
but you know we got it going in the second in the, in the fourth quarter and, and um, uh, I thought you know Kyle Allen was was very very poised uh, throughout that whole process because you can get frustrated with what we do offensively when you're not on the field and you know every possession you know what we didn't want to do is get guys to press and try to make things happen that weren't there and I thought Kyle and and uh, offensively I thought he responded in the fourth quarter instead of instead of pressing, but uh, taking what was there and, and making plays down the field, which we needed to do to get back in the game and then win. I tell you, that, that ball game uh, at AT&T Stadium, Cowboys Stadium, was nearly 70,000 people there. I, I just tip my cap, hat all the time to Jerry Jones for building an, an unbelievable facility that brings a lot of fans in from around the country to enjoy that atmosphere, and it provides an atmosphere for us as college football fans. Uh, the Texas Aggies, uh, Kyle Allen is is doing it, and I, I Kevin Sumlin with that defense. This is a team that's right there knocking on the door of the top five in my mind, and they've got to stay the business, stay the course. Uh, John Chavis's defense has to continue to get better, and uh, they've got the talent over there. They're playing strong and solid. This is an SEC, though, that's going to beat each other up. A lot of big games coming up, we know that for sure. All right, that's it for this Tuesday review. You. We will look forward to talking to you on Thursday. I have another podcast setting up the game for the weekend with my picks, fantasy football as well. Until Thursday, I'll see you down the road.